where this rally of podcasts. You can be rocking with anybody else somewhere right now, but you're here. And for that, we do appreciate you. It's your man Pledge alongside my main man B. What's going on, y'all? And we welcome all of you guys to the conversation. B, what's been going on, man? It's been a minute. Hey, man, just working. How about you? Uh, working and a lot of other stuff, man. Just been busy uh, with family, work, um, basketball. So, Still? Uh, yeah, man. It's almost been like a year-round thing with the um, with the high school team. And uh, the unfortunate part of the situation is that it really hasn't produced the kind of results we would like to see so far. So it's really been a question of if this is an efficient process. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> well, it, it is a labor of love. But what's the so, record? <laughs> the season, that, that's the thing. The season hasn't started yet. So we are participating in a fall league right now. We didn't, we didn't do a summer league which I think really put us behind the eight ball because we really weren't able to see the deficiencies that we had mm-hmm. as a team until we got into this fall league. And now we're maybe three weeks away from the season and we have a lot of things that we need to fix and not that much time to fix them. So uh, that's the dilemma. Well, you see how my Saturday night went. James Bond died and Alabama lost a game. So, you know, I ain't been having the best of time. You know what's crazy is that I did not even know that last night. My son came to me uh, today, like, he's so excited. Like, Dad, you know what happened? I'm like, no. He's like, Alabama lost. And I was like, for real? I was like, how did I not, like, how did this not come across my radar? until about 12 o'clock today so so yeah that's how that's how (laughs) i was this weekend is that i did not watch a game yesterday i did not watch a college football game yesterday i kept up with the gator score of course Um, you know but after last week's performance my interest has kind of dropped off there right i know um, i did not know that uh yeah man it's just, just a sad day yesterday. A lot of, a lot of sadness. James Bond. Uh, the movie was good. It's just a sad story. Then uh, I immediately turned the phone on, and uh, Texas and it was punching us in the mouth in every facet of the game. So I was like, "What's going on here? This, this don't look right." But uh, now nah, man, we were squarely defeated, man. Like. Couldn't tackle, couldn't, couldn't, uh, couldn't defend passing. Um, we couldn't block. A lot of sack gave up a lot of sacks, dropping a lot of passes. Couldn't kick coverage. Just they just beat us. Like, and we had a chance to win. So, you know, I was like, you know what? That was a, a nice square kicking the ass. Uh, didn't see it coming, but. You know, them in uh, Mississippi State, I was play as pretty physical. It's just yesterday, it was just a very sound. They look like a wholly better team. So, 
Yeah, it was. It was coaching them up, huh? Listen, man, between the play calling and all the blown assignments, uh, yeah, Jim Jimbo finally broke the broke the streak. But I wasn't. Uh, was he a, was he a former coach of? He worked under Saban. Okay. Yeah, he had. Uh, he's uh, one and four now, so he the first one to do it. Yes. In twenty five attempts, so. Yeah, uh, but after after the uh, Bama game, I, I caught the Chappelle special. So, you know, we're gonna talk about that. Yeah, I was I was ripping and running all day yesterday. My boys, uh, both of them had their first baseball games yesterday, and then I went over to be with the high school team for their games. And then after that, I um, watched the Chappelle special and went to bed. Yeah. Like, Zero football consumed yesterday. So, I tried to I tried to avoid the football as much as I could, and uh, only because I knew that the, the Bama game was going to be on late. I wanted to get out in the city and do some stuff. So, I finally went to the movies. Yeah, I was sitting next to this dude in the theater because you know uh, ain't no social distancing apparently. So I was like concerned about that. But then uh, the guy I was seated next to, to my left, this dude was just, you know, no mask, you know, white guy, no shoes on, like no socks. And uh, he kept blowing his nose, like without aid of tissue or napkin. So I was like, man, what the hell? I was just like, my first time in the movie in two years, moved in in two years. This is what I come to. So, uh, you know, I had to get up and find me a seat. I wanted to sat like second row from the screen just so I could at least have some peace of mind while I was there. Then, you know, niggas so, just watch. It was like packed. And so there was a lot of people in there or what? Yeah. Uh, it was packed. Uh, wasn't do they that have comp- assigned seats in movie theaters now or yep. just kind of free to roam? No, nah, they, they do the, uh, you buy your ticket and you sit in your seat. But it was an AMC theater. I don't. I'm not sure how other franchises handle it. But I left uh, my assigned seat and went down to the, the I guess the handicap uh, section and sat in the front. But I, you know, I was like, yeah, I can't. I can't do this. Like white buddy, just, just I don't know if he don't know, which I, yeah. I'm sure he does know. It just don't give a fuck. But those behaviors were not acceptable pre-COVID. So no, they weren't. No, they're not acceptable post-COVID. Especially now. Especially now. Like, you could tell his nose was stopped up, right? And you know how you do that, like, that little blow just to get some relief from the, the, the congested nostril? Yes. And I was like, bro, that's one of the symptoms, bro. I can't I can't be sitting here playing with you, bro. I got to get up and go. Gotcha. So. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But I was like, well, back in the real world, this is my first time like going to where besides, you know, my job and places, there's like big shopping spaces. So that was a little weird. I don't know, man. You, you still put off by like being close to people in public? Not, not as much as I should be. I'll say that. Oh, like y'all I, be wearing masks at the game? Huh? Y'all be wearing masks at the games and practice? Oh, yeah, we usually have masks on in practice. Uh, but it's crazy. I mean, I 
over the last, I'd probably say the last couple of months, I've started playing more basketball, which has been a good thing. And it's like, I mean, that's like as close and as, I, I, I guess, as dangerous as you can get, you know, with, with being physical, other people, uh, sweat, stuff like that or whatever. And uh, I don't know, I guess, like, if I'm comfortable in that situation, but yeah, I do try to, I do try to wear a mask. And, you know, when I go to like my son's indoor, you know, when he goes basketball practices, you know, they recommend masks and then baseball when we're outside, of course they don't care, but, um, but yeah, but I try to be cognizant, but sometimes I do catch myself, um, you know, not with a mask and stuff like that. So Mm. Yeah, that um, that surprised me yesterday. I was like, "Dang, buddy, just really don't, you don't care." But uh, I don't know, man. I guess you know, in some people's mind, it's you know, it is what it is. So, but anyway, um, yeah, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? Want to get in? Get into it? Yeah, man. Let's go ahead and get into it. So go ahead, go ahead. Which what you came away no, I mean, from I, viewing the special? Well, the first thing is that of the special I saw was kind of the outrage of the special. Oh, we talking about the Dave Chappelle the closer yeah. Netflix special, everybody. Yeah, the Dave Chappelle closer Netflix special. Um, go, go ahead and see that thing while you can. Not guaranteed to be <laughs> be around for another week, and it's the ironic thing, and I'm pretty sure Dave knew this, is that it's it's in consideration to be canceled, and the whole thing is him making fun of cancel culture. That's the ironic thing. That's the brilliance of of, of Dave Chappelle. Um, I'm not sure where you rank Chappelle. I rank Chappelle in my top three comedians. Mm-hmm. Uh, of, of all time to my stand-up comics the stand-up comics yes okay it's always kind of neck and neck between him and chris rock that's uh that's just kind of where he stands with me as far as the the one and two spot this one is it's not a slapper uh funny like it's not just joke after joke after joke it's very uh conscious and it's very it's very i don't know it's heavy because the the subject's are not subjects that a lot of people would dare go after, especially in a in a comedic way. But he, you know, was kind of fearless in touching a lot of these subjects. And what's crazy is that a lot of the things that you're talking about are things that necessarily happened in real life, not stories that he made up. They're things that kind of happened to him that he was speaking about. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if that that earn some a little extra leeway if you're talking about something that actually happened as opposed to how you see things or how you view things, even though he was giving his interpretation of the situation. So I, I liked it. I did have some, I guess I had some uh, preconceived notions of it because I heard of how much people are outraged about the special before I watched the special. So I was kind of watching it, like seeing, all right, so what's so what is everybody so angry about? So I think, I don't know if that changes 
how you view or how you experience something. You might be able to speak to that. Uh, I it it can, uh, but you can, you know, do something. I generally do like I try to watch everything with like three thoughts in mind. Like, what's the the social commentary being made? Like about you know what what are they saying about society or the, the time we live in? Like, what issue are they trying to touch? Um, craftsmanship. And then just as a pure form of, you know, just purely from a form of entertainment. And then sometimes, you know, if you get a chance to have the kind of reaction he got, like from critics and all that, sometimes you could look at it and they could do some of that work for you. If you get a chance to look at that beforehand, uh, most of the time I try to go into stuff without, if it's something like I'm excited to see, um, based on like who made it and, what the story premise is supposed to be. I just try to ignore every piece of media and literature about it so I can just watch it like with a completely blind slate so I can do my own thinking. But uh, this was an event that was, you couldn't escape headlines about it. Like, you know, you knew the group, who the group was that was upset. You knew, you know, how they felt about it. And then you also had a lot of, people that were mad at the group that was mad so i was like oh y'all this everybody's mad like <laughs> i was like okay you know you got the the, the 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 lgbtq group was upset uh some of them uh, factions of them were upset and then you had i don't know what you call these people but a lot of black folk that was like f y'all we mad at y'all for being mad at him. So I was like, what? Like, how is this working? So it was, it was, it was something that, uh, it was kind of hard to go in there with a, a clean slate, like just ignoring what happened. Like just to look at it just for the sake of entertainment. <clears throat> I know Wally probably was able to get in there and watch it without seeing any headlines about it. Um, uh, mm, what were your thoughts on it, though? I mean, did, were you entertained by it? Were you turned off by it? What, what, what are your thoughts on it? Because uh, I, I I guess people that don't remember how I feel about Dave, I feel like Dave does a bit more than just tell jokes. Like, at this point, he's just kind of down with that. Um, this one had a lot of jokes. Had a ton of jokes. They weren't... Uh, as elaborately constructed, like, you know, he, he do them jokes that be like a real long drawn out. Then the punchline, like come toward the end with the story. This was a lot of just, I'm going to punch below the belt on purpose. I'm not going to throw any head. Well, I'm going to throw some head shots like it in terms of boxing. He just kept punching below the belt. And he was like, since y'all hate it so much, I'm going to just punch it below the belt the whole night. Like, that's what I want. I came here to punch you guys in the nuts. Like, don't expect me to put on no master class in boxing and footwork and defense. I'm just going to punch you in the nuts. And I'm going to lose all my points. I don't care. I already got my check. I'm going to punch you in the nuts. And so uh, I picked that up uh, with that in mind. I was thinking, okay, he did this with the sole intention of 
he went to have a conversation and the conversation he had was like, I'm going to piss y'all off so much just to prove y'all don't listen to anything I say. Mm. And now, do I think that's responsible given how influential he is? Nah. Um, did I come into it wanting to laugh? It was kind of ruined by the the press headlines. And I would say that because, you know, he dropped it and then like he had a couple uh, events after it released and after some of the head the initial headlines came up. And he just was clapping back. It was like, fuck y'all. Fuck everybody. I don't give a damn. And I was like, all right, Dave. Now, you, now I'm like, come on, Dave. Like, this ain't usually how you deal with stuff. But, you know, that kind of soured me a bit on uh, the style is the style he was using. But the funny thing about it was I found myself laughing at stuff I didn't want to laugh at. So I was like, this nigga good. Like, I was just like, <laughs> he just, he's really good at what he does. And I'm like, I don't like that I'm laughing at this because it's such a important thing right now. For again, for a fraction of a group of people, uh, but it, and it made me think of now this. This is what it made me really think of: Def Comedy Jam. It was just irreverent, offensive on purpose, and I don't give a damn what you motherfuckers think. Oh, uh, you know, just kind of real Bernie Mac esque about it. So, yeah, you know, anybody that you know not. From that era, like, well, you know, we wasn't from it, quote unquote, but we know what was coming out of that comic view stuff. It was a lot of that. It was a lot of this. This is what black people do. This is how we, we just crack on people. We just want to poke fun at everything that looks different about the other person. But uh, he made a ton of points that usually get brownie points for me so I, uh, I i feel bad and i like it and i feel bad so <clears throat> uh what what did you see any favorite parts i guess any jokes that you that were particularly For this one, I think the message that he was trying to get across uh, slapped more than the jokes. What was the message you got? The message that I got is that one, he's one. I think it was a big shot at the whole cancel culture thing. I think I think that was one of the biggest things that he wanted to get across. And then two, I think <laughs> it was a big shot at social media and how people kind of rally behind social media. And, and he, he was like, social media is not real. And, you know, and when he talked about, it's kind of like what you said, both sides get angry. Like when he talked about his friend, the, uh, the lady that used to open up for him when he was in San Francisco, when he talked about, you know, when she came to his defense, how like her community came after her viciously for
for coming to his defense. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that was the time he said, or he might've said it early in the show, but he's like, the toughest thing you can do is to go against your tribe. Yeah. He said it right before. Yeah. He said, he said, that's the toughest thing you can do. And that is one thing that we are, that has played out over the last couple of years to where people have decided, you know, what side they're on, what group they're a part of. And they've decided that these are the things that this group is about. And when people speak out about those things, they're not a part of this group anymore. Um, I'll give you an example of it, of something that we was in the chat this week was the say still situation. You know, even though, you know, it's a situation to where you have a young lady that's biracial to where, you know, she has, I guess, two different cultural experiences is that her, the, what she expresses doesn't line up with, uh, with one group's cultural experience. And it's like, well, even though you're half ours, since you don't a hundred percent agree with ours, you're going to, you're not going to be a part of the group at all. And as I said, I don't agree with what Stacey said. And I'm not going to, I'm not trying to fin- defend her at all. I'm just using her as an example of the kind of the, the tribe, the, the tribalism that he spoke of. And it's like, when you go, like, that's the toughest thing somebody can do is go against their tribe. And that was just kind of the most poignant example that I could think of, of a, of a recent case of somebody going and this is not anything new for her this is something i think she's been written off so it's almost just like the latest episode mm-hmm. of 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 the of the book that she's writing of her life but i i think that you know him making statements like that shows that hey yes i'm a comedian i'm gonna try to make some jokes around it but i want you guys to kind of see the bigger picture of what society is morphing into and I think Dave is in a unique situation to where he doesn't necessarily depend on like you know corporate sponsors like who's gonna like if if LeBron James were to come out and say something offensive you would have 10 companies that can say all right LeBron James is no longer going to represent us Mm-hmm. What's the one company that can say that they're no longer going to represent uh, Dave Chappelle? There's this uh, podcast and production company, but that's the only one I can think of. And so, you you take somebody like Kevin Hart, for instance, who something came out of something he said ten years ago that people took offense to. He had to go on this whole apology apology tour and correct it and go on Ellen and all this stuff or whatever, because Kevin Hart is represent. He's on chase commercials. Uh, I think he, he has a Nike shoe. He represents brands or whatever. So he has to be a little bit more responsible with the things he says, because he can lose a lot of opportunities um, that, you know, take away from his livelihood. And I think Dave is kind of in a unique position to where, especially as a celebrity, to where he can, he, I don't want to say he's uncancelable, but I don't think he is dependent upon corporate backers or, you know, 
people to sponsor him to where it's like, oh, if I say something, I'm gonna lose X amount of dollars. And I think that's a unique position in today's time to where he's, can you think of any other celebrities or any, you know, anybody else who has that level of freedom at all right now? Uh, yeah, technically I can, uh, you know, Donald Trump has it, uh, uh, I don't think that is necessarily a, I, it, it is a freedom compared to say what Kevin Hart went through, but I want to say that It's not because he won't lose. He he's gonna lose jobs. I think what I was trying to get y'all to see yesterday in the chat that I don't think that there is a there is a there is no neutral ground. There is no way to be a person that doesn't offend, and I don't think there ever has been a way. And I think. Yep. There's a quote out there that's saying like to speak is to offend because somebody will find offense. Yeah. And so and especially nowadays, I mean it's just times a thousand right now. Well, I just cause it's I don't think anything new is happening. I just think that everything is democratized because of technology. So you get to hear everybody. Not that nothing's new, right? So <clears throat> what I was trying to say uh in the text yesterday, you can just pick a side. You you don't have to you Technically, you don't have to worry. You just pick a side and just hope you pick the side that you can cater to the best because, you know, those of us that are the best at catering get paid the most. And so what I mean by that is uh, when, uh, who can I pick? I guess with Sage Steel thing, you know, back when that report came out that she was upset that her ESPN colleague, her black ESPN colleagues didn't ask her to join that race discussion. At that time, she was picking the side that, well, I'm black, you know, why y'all ain't ask me? I'm offended that you wouldn't let a black woman share her experiences. And then now she's like, well, I'm going to flip to this side. Well, who are you to tell me or how does Barack Obama get to decide that he's black? So like, on that that particular instance of the verification of blackness, she flipped sides at times that was convenient. So with the ESPN thing, it was like, well, y'all can't tell me I'm not black. And then when Barack said he black, she was like, well, he don't get to decide if you black. So <clears throat> what I'm what I'm trying to get, I guess, get through to myself. I'm trying to figure out is, you know, we don't. We don't really have any real material consequences if a person is famous and rich enough. You know, we got the R. Kelly and Bill Cosby thing. You know, those are out and those out. Are cr criminal. Those yeah, are they're, criminal. But they're, you know, those are real crimes, right? Yeah. But even in Bill Cosby's case, he's still home. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein, he was arrested for the same thing twice in, in a manner of speaking. The first time he got arrested, he was allowed to come and go from the prison as much as he wanted. And he just had to be home when he went to sleep. I mean, be back in the prison cell when he went to sleep. They never closed the door. 
Never locked the door. When he woke up, he just left. It was like, all right, Jeff, see you later. And he was like, all right. And he came back when he went to bed. So, again, obviously committed crimes that, you know, this society would consider egregious, uh, you know, the world over. But because he had enough money and influence, there were no material consequences for him. He just had to sleep in a different place. <clears throat> so, you know, when I see people like uh, Donald Trump, Dave Chappelle, Sage Steele, Stephen A. Smith, uh, Don Lemon. I don't know how he fits in that, but uh, Tucker Carlson, uh, Ben Shapiro, uh, the Prager Institute, uh, Doug Peterson, Kevin Samuels, Tariq Nasheed. These are people that are decidedly pushing, they're championing a group of people's fears, right? or concerns and they just making money off of just sticking to the narrative. So since that's the way the world works right now, since so many people are defending Dave Chappelle, shit does, does it even matter? Like look how many people are happy that Dave Chappelle did what he did yesterday. You know how many people are like, man, I hate the cancel culture. You know how many people hate the concept of cancel culture and how many people like, man, I love him because he says whatever he wants to say and he speaks his mind. Like, you know, there's so many people that are pro speak your mind, even if what you're saying is nonsense. But if it just seems like you're just saying something that's unfiltered, you know how many people love that? You get money now for saying stuff that people assume is unfiltered. It don't even matter what you're saying. Like. We talked about it on the show before. You know how many people love Donald Trump because it seems like what he says is unfiltered? Black or otherwise? It's it's money to be made. So they don't necessarily like what he says. They just like the fact that he's able to say it. Yeah, because right now, the concept so of Kansas... Has the, no, the, that freedom, what, freedom and flexibility. Well, that's that's like the the pretense, right? It's like people swear cancel culture is so bad. And so in opposition to cancel culture, you have people saying, well, I'm going to follow whoever says what the fuck they think. So if somebody just walk up and say, I put my balls on your chin, bitch, you know, and you say it on a big enough platform, you're going to get more followers because you're not supposed to say, I put my balls on your chin, bitch. You know, that that's the new the new team to rock with. It don't matter if you don't actually want to do the thing on the chin it's oh he wasn't supposed to say that on tv but he said it on tv so i like him now that so i mean i'll i'll say this i am not a fan of council culture because i think the things that and, and let me explain to you i think the things that people get counseled for are ridiculous and he and Dave Chappelle bought this up beautifully last night. He said that people got mad at the baby for what he said about homosexuals and AIDS, and what he said was not right. Mm -hmm. But but he was like, the baby shot another dude in Walmart, shot and killed another dude in Walmart, and like killing somebody 
doesn't get you canceled. But saying the wrong thing about somebody is what gets you canceled. And so, as I said, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with either situation that the baby did, but I would think that killing somebody would be uh, a higher level of importance or a higher level of, um, of a threat than saying something about somebody. And Dude. so, as I said, I'm not necessarily, I, I'm not a fan of the council culture just because the things that get people canceled are things that I just think that the things that should get people canceled don't get them canceled and the things that we should show a little bit more grace and leeway on are the things that can get you, you know, dismissed. So that's kind of my feelings on the cancel culture. I love cancel culture. I embrace it. I think it needs to be applied more often um, because it attempts to carry out justice and what otherwise isn't usually serve justice. But the police of cancel culture, the the people that are supposed to execute the canceling of evildoers, you know, quote unquote, they racist. That's what Dave's saying. So the baby got canceled because he's a black guy saying that. He's a hood black guy saying that. It's not that they're not you know, the murder of another person isn't bad. It's, well, he murdered yeah. a black, yeah, he murdered a black person. If he murdered a white woman, then we need to cancel him. Dave, like you said last night, he's like, man, I don't care about any of these subgroups. I'm always talking about white people. So every time he brings up any of those subgroups, it's always a white person. Or a person that's you know white supremacist but they're black or spanish now i don't think people got that i think you know like a lot of people just like i was saying earlier which is like somebody's saying whatever they want to say it's like no he's not saying whatever he wants to say he's still calling out racism it's just now he's focused on a new group of people that are racists and since they've emerged as this new class of individuals he's like you too are also racist yeah. Let me show you how you are racist. And since yeah. you're so sensitive about me calling you out for being racist, I'm just going to make fun of you like we did in the 90s when I was on Def Comedy Jam. So, you know, the, the, the below the belt punches was just like, look, I'm going to give you something to be upset about. I usually don't. But now I'm going to give you something to be upset about. Like you suck at uh, social movements. You suck at, you know, defending all members of your group equally. You suck at finding causes that are defendable. And to boot, I'm going to do it for you just because you swear you hate men. So he's like, you know, those were the three major things that he pointed out to the racists inside of those groups. But I think a lot of people just missed that because they were just so happy to hear somebody, aka, stick it to the the mob mentality that we associate with cancel culture like r kelly needed to be canceled bill cosby needed to be canceled you know the baby shouldn't have said what he said that that was a 
terrible thing he said. Yes, those people needed to be held accountable. The baby, to the point that, A, he was ignorant. Somebody needed to talk to him. Like, he needs to have a sit down and talk with somebody. <clears throat> um, you know, R. Kelly needs to be in jail. Bill Cosby needs to be in jail. You know, those those things are kind of different. Harvey Weinstein, Jeff Epstein, they need to be in jail. Uh, Dr. Jelly Paws <laughs> at Ohio State. Then, you know, the doctor at... Uh, Michigan. What was it? Michigan State too, right? Yeah, Michigan State, the the trainer or the doctor for the, the US gymnast team and the the soccer coach for the women's uh soccer American national team. Like all of those people need to be put in jail and held accountable. Cancel culture needs to get them. Cancel culture needs to put pressure on the right organizations until those people are brought to justice. That's why I love cancel culture. But to the racist and the abusers that were weaponized this newfound uh sense of justice that has come with social media dave Chappelle is punching them in the nuts on purpose in a boxing match and uh it's funny and 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 he pointed this out when he talked about when he got into the fight yeah uh with the with the woman Mm -hmm. and they called the police and, mm-hmm. he, and Dave Chappelle pointed out, he said, um, you know, this group of people, they want to be minorities mm-hmm. in, until they can use, you know. Until it's white. time to be white. <laughs> and and it, I, I mean, I thought that was brilliant, you know, that 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 he said that, um, you know, that, you know, and, and I said in, in that situation, it it and I think in that situation, he was like. If you see yourself as a minority and we and we've always seen ourselves as a minority, we have more in common than <laughs> and, 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 and I think that's one thing that we've seen in this in this kind of joint movement, I, I would say. And I think that's one thing that, you know, I don't know if it was something that they wanted to put in front of the of the Black Lives Matter movement or not, but it was definitely something that kind of came about as things went on of that it it wasn't just a movement for Black Lives, but it was also a movement for um, the LGBTQ community as well. To my the um, one that happened with the George Floyd murder? Mm-hmm. That that new the the groundswell that happened with the George Floyd murder murder? Um, I'm just talking about the 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 organization as as a whole, you know, okay. just the organization as a whole. And, yeah, and I think, and I think that's one. I think that organization kind of sees you know both groups as similar. I don't agree with that. I mean, I, I do think um, you know, yeah, there might be some things that some commonalities or struggles that both groups share. But I don't think it's, you know, but as I said, what but Dave Chappelle was saying last night is like, how did they how did their movement uh kind of surpass um you know the, the civil rights struggle in in terms of of one how it's run and then two the effectiveness of it. Um well, I mean, so that's, 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 that's a, that's a lot of things that impact there though. I I mean this is you know, it's an issue that you know, you listen to the people that's the leaders in it. Uh, you listen to the people that's 
the organizers of it, um, and they tell you, right? And those leaders, you know, the BLM and otherwise, they're very clear about what they mean when they say we're going to conflate these two movements, uh, specifically BLM and what Dave was saying last night. We're not talking about the white people in these groups because they're racist. They're never talking about the racist in the LGBTQ community. Those are people that are wolves in sheep clothing. Yes, I happen to be a man that wants to trans, you know, undergo the transformation to become a woman. Yes, I'm a lesbian woman, but I'm also a person that hates black, Spanish, Jewish, you know, people. So I'm still racist before I'm LGBTQ, right? That's what Dave's special was about last night. I don't think a lot of people are bringing that up enough. He's talking about the racist that pretend to care about cancel culture, LGBTQ rights, BLM. <clears throat> they're much like Dave is. Since y'all not going to include us, there's even the women's movement. Remember that women's march on like the week after Trump got elected? Um, yeah. There was a huge women's rights movement. And there was millions of people came from everywhere. And in the organization of that, um, there were black women that were gathering people to come in and participate in the march. Now, when they were trying to coordinate with other leaders in the movement that were bringing their own organizations together, they experienced what? Racism. So it was women coming from all over the country to protest the type of behavior that Donald Trump champions. And in those women coming together to do that, racism was still found in that movement. And so the black women that were a part of that movement were like, well, damn, I thought we was all here to, you know, women's rights, no oppression of any group whatsoever. And y'all, y'all ignoring another woman. So, you know, that's why he brought up the ain't I woman speech by Sojourner, because that happens a lot. When you get into these movements, like you got the uh, women's rights movement uh, with the bra burning, and that was notoriously racist. Like, I think a lot of people are just missing it, right? I know we, we like to conflate BLM. It's a lot of sensitive as black men that are starting to, frankly, be white supremacists. I just... I don't have any other name for it because I'm tired of trying to figure out the nuance and how these niggas come to understand the world they do. But they're starting to adopt these talking points from these white supremacist YouTube influencers and personalities that are operating under the guise of gender wars. But it's just racism. And what I mean by that is when you have black men that are out here crying because they think some evil rich man is running BLM, that's not what's happening. You don't have to think that somebody's running BLM trying to kill black men from being straight people. I say it time and time again, there is no gay agenda to force you to divorce your wife <laughs> and go marry a man. Nobody's on that. Everybody just wants the same thing. People just want access to great education, good food, clean air and suitable housing. Oh, and obviously suitable income. <clears throat> it's just that some people have more pressing issues like some trans people getting murdered at the equal rates of black dudes by police 
It's just that they're getting murdered by black men as well as cops. I mean, like, you know, there's some real issues. Nobody's out here crying wolf. Except for the, the racist among them. <laughs> just to be crying wolf. Man, I just I don't understand why we think that people don't have valid concerns. Like I, I just wrote an essay a couple nights ago and it was talking about the discrimination fat people go against. And I grew up a fat kid. It's real. But I just thought it was a, a black thing that kids did to each other. You know, since being a fat adult, it hasn't been much of an issue in most places. You know, people make comments about it, but apparently they get denied leadership opportunities, management positions. Only 9% of the CEOs in America are overweight men. And they're saying that the culture is such that they don't think that overweight men can carry out the task associated with being a CEO. We talk what CEOs run marathons every day at work. Like what, what are CEOs doing that overweight men can't do? I mean, we ain't even talking like, you know, four or five, six, seven, 800 pound men. We're talking about men that just have a pouch. Like I got, they're not given chances to be CEOs because overweight people associated with being lazy, smelly, uh, a drain on the insurance fund at the job and absenteeism at work. Is that, is it fair? Is it, are we going to ignore the material conditions of overweight people that want to be CEOs in America? Or are we just going to say, oh, nah, they just bitching and moaning, trying to stop me from being the CEO. Like, like uh, Dave Homegirl said, she don't, she don't want you to understand that she just wants you to be like nigga i live a real life i have real struggles and some of them are strictly because of who i choose to have sex with yeah yeah the, the quote is um i don't need you to understand me i just need you to believe i'm having a human experience, experience. and that's it and uh i think that addresses the trans community the gay community the black one the female the male black the male white, the male female, the, you know, I mean the, the male female, the white female and the black female. All these groups are fighting and warring right now. Like Kevin Samuels is fighting all black women and defending all black men. Jordan Patterson is fighting all white women and defending all white men. They have the same exact battle. Black men are fighting BLM. I don't understand why. I just. This ain't new stuff, but because, again, we got social media is democratized. Uh, I see comments. Cancel culture is the new way to oppress opinions. All opinions don't deserve a platform. huh? Stupid shit. Just because you think it, that don't mean you're allowed to say it. That's personally how I feel. Just because you think something don't mean you're allowed to say it. Uh, just because you have an opinion about certain... Like, for example, in the article I read, or the 12 articles I had to read for this essay, one of them was called 16 Toxic Reasons Not to Hire Fat People. They use the word F-A-T. 
So I was like, damn, that's me. Everybody else has been calling it overweight. But they said fat people. Now, you know, six of the reasons were opinions about overweight employees. Ranging from bad breath to body odors. Since when did being overweight automatically meant you smelled bad? That's an opinion. You don't need to share that opinion with anybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can think that, but you you can't be in a, a hiring manager and use that as a basis for hiring somebody. You get what I'm saying? Is that? I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. Like, I, so, I definitely, I definitely. And shouldn't that that hiring manager be canceled for being discriminatory based on weight? Like that person, do we not think that person needs to be removed? As a hiring manager, I mean, yeah. If, they, if that's what they base their decisions off of, yes, that is. I, I mean, I, as I said, I didn't. This is something you've mentioned a few times on yeah, the show. It's here now, and a few times <laughs> in the in the chat, saying, you know, hey, you know. Fat shaming is you can't do it. It's coming. Mentioned that it's becoming, um, you know, more. It's gained more and more popularity, or of being recognized. I would say. Yes, it's it's, uh. You know, I I was saying that before I wrote this essay, but apparently I was late to the party. Apparently, yeah, I'm very late. There are because other than you, honestly, other than you, I. I haven't heard it in any other medium. So no, I, I I thought I you know was ahead of the curve, but apparently it's been going on since 1993. They've been doing research, trying to figure out a, a legal way to codify or to protect the class of people that is considered overweight, and you know varying court trials have had varying degrees of success, uh, bringing up discrimination against managing. Uh, and organi- organizations for discriminate st- eh, discrimination against overweight people. So I just, you know, I didn't know it was th- as bad as it is for overweight people. Um, it's getting more and more. It is. Uh, it broke my heart a little bit, and it also had me thinking. I was like, "Well, damn, if Dale, if if Dave was doing as much." nastiness as he was doing i was like i don't know dave you know like you one of my top three too but if you out here wilding like they say you're wilding i'm gonna have to side with them but he wasn't so whoo <laughs> uh but man the the uh notion that all LGBTQ people are the same and think about issues the same. I guess that needs to be highlighted more because there are some very prominent activists, thought leaders, professors, writers, scholars in the LGBTQ community that have come out and not in essence defended Dave, but said he's trying to highlight the racism inside the group. And they're saying there is an extensive and considerable and palpable amount of racism inside the LGBTQ community. And he's trying to get you guys to talk about the racism inside that group. And I was like, ooh, 
So you got scholars backing Dave up on this one. Now, let me ask you this, though. I mean, do you think. Just just asking a question. So do you think that. People part of that community, they like you say, they may have racist thoughts and notions. And they know that the fastest way currently to cancel somebody is to say that somebody did something offended, uh, offensive to me. And so is, is, was he trying to make the point that they, it's not that they don't like what I'm saying. They just, they're just trying to get rid of a black man. Is that what Dave is trying to say? Is that what I'm saying is not offensive to them. Me being black is offensive to them. Is that what he's trying to say? I think he was trying to say, me calling y'all out on your racism is a reason for you to cancel me. And you're using what you think or what you're labeling as transphobia as a reason. Because if he is transphobic, then that covers all races of transgender people, right? But he's saying, since I'm not doing that, since I'm just calling out you racist transgender persons, you transgender leaders are saying, wait, nope, he's he hates all transgender people. Like Eddie Murphy went through the same thing with uh, uh, his comedy back in the 80s. And he said something about it in the Raw special. That's the one we had on the red jumpsuit. And uh, oh, maybe that was delirious. I think Raw had on the blue jumpsuit. But in 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 uh, in the one we had the red jumpsuit on, he was on the big blue stage as well lit. He said he was going through the same thing when he went to San Francisco. Every time he went to San Francisco, gay rights groups attacked him. And they were not like attacked, but they were protesting everything he did. And he was like, man, anybody think about y'all like that to the point that y'all need to like chase me. It wasn't it wasn't like the black people that you grew up with that understood the commentary you was making. So. You know, in that regard, you know, Dave, I, I understand what Dave is saying, but I also know he's like he intentionally went very crass on purpose to be like, since you think I'm transphobic, I'm going to get these transphobic jokes off. Like y'all finna hear these jokes. I'm going to earn this label. Yeah. Like since you think I'm transphobic, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some transphobic stuff to show you the difference between, you know, what you thought was happening and what's actually happening. Gotcha. Uh, so I, I don't, you know, last night. If they want to call him transphobic, they still can't. Because he's like, look, since y'all accused me of this, let me show y'all what it would actually look like if I did it. Uh, now, so I, now, this I, me being okay. the devil advocate. Was him mentioning the lady who opened up, uh, I think Phoebe was her name. Was him mentioning her and was like, hey, I have a white friend, like, or I have a black friend. It's like that. Is that it, so, so, like, so I can't be racist. Yeah, like uh, this is what <laughs> this is what a uh, member of the LGBTQBDC community was saying <laughs> after the last special. She was saying, "Nigga, just because you know one gay person don't mean you not, you know, homophobic, right?" <laughs> so technically. Somebody could say that. Um, he pulled, a, he, he pulled a, I have a black friend. Yeah, he pulled a, he pulled out I have a black friend card. But <laughs> you know, he keeps saying, like, look, man, I got relationships with people all across that spectrum. So um uh, yeah. but uh I saw a comment by my uncle 
in the chat that was saying uh whatever happened to free speech freedom of speech never guaranteed you the right to say whatever you want wherever you want whenever you want it never guaranteed that freedom of speech only guarantees you the ability to say stuff but you still gotta face the consequences of whatever you said you ain't never been allowed to you just ain't never been allowed to say certain stuff like i felt so impacted by the research for the obesity discrimination or the overweight discrimination the weight discrimination essay and reading some of the the research i was like yo if some of these people that were doing the discrimination had a big enough platform say like 15 million followers on twitter or something they could really get people to murder fat people because they dehumanized overweight people so much. Like, it's, that's how bad it was. Like, they were like, you're a burden on society. You cost insurance companies extra money in turn, charging, costing insurers and employers extra money. You're always late to work. You, you bring down the company morale because nobody wants to sit around you. I was like, what? They were like, um, you always missing work. So if you're in a sales-based job, you're hurting the department scores. Uh, you're hurting the brand image because clients always want to look at a company as competent and healthy and efficient. And having a fat person on the team makes the company look like they're lazy. So I was like, damn, like y'all are really going this far to justify not hiring overweight people? That's the same stuff Hitler did to get people to turn on Jewish people. It's not okay. Now, again, if you and your homeboy sitting in the garage with no cell phone and y'all saying that, that's cool. That's different. You just can't act on that. You know what I'm saying? You can't be the hiring manager at Target thinking that. That's that's what freedom of speech is. You, you can't just say whatever you want, whenever you want, wherever you want. Like, you know that you can't even do that in high school in the hood. You get punched in the mouth after time. Like Biggie Small said, hey, man, he was saying something about uh, from Ashley the Classy and the kids were poking at him about the Latigre, uh Tiger. And he sold it on his shirt because, you know, he was poor, he couldn't afford it. But he sold it on his shirt. And then one of the kids at school the next day noticed that it was sewn on. He's like, hey, man, let me see the inside of your shirt. And he, he said he punched him in the mouth. He's like, dude, back up off me. That punch in the mouth is cancel culture. Like, no, no, no. You, you ain't finna just run up on me and say whatever you want to say. You know what I mean? There is no such thing as freedom of speech, man. And I, I just... Again, you can say whatever you want to say, whenever you want to say it. Just don't be mad if there are some consequences. Like... Yeah, sky's the limit. Thank you. Uh... It's it's not extreme, man. Like I, I know we feel like, oh well, I guess yeah. The way people were treating the overweight people. Bro, the website called ChubbyChangers dot com. Come on, that like that's an example of freedom of speech. You could put whatever you want to put on the internet. Just don't be mad if somehow you're brought up for discrimination once. Being overweight is a protected class of people by U.S. law. You get, does that make sense? Am I saying that right? 
Yeah. I just a lot I think a lot of people right now want to operate under this guise of individuality and they want to feel like nothing they do will impact anyone besides themselves when that's not the case. Like but you know, I guess if we just abandoning this facade that we're a Christian nation and just going straight into this homo economicus where you're just a complete individual and everything is about wealth generation and brand building and every move you make is about wealth generation for you, the individual, then I guess right now is a fitting time. But I just, I don't know no religion, no viable one that isn't a cult technically. That is out here teaching you that you're a complete island. No man is an island to himself. And I just think, you know, I get why people are upset with what Dave said. You know, people don't listen to anything. People never have listened to anything. Nobody read Shakespeare's plays when Shakespeare was alive because nobody could read. Well, in that area. So it ain't like, you know, mofos was out there like they were just going by what they was told like we, we we've never listened to anything that has never happened so I, you know say still for the makes a hell of a lot of money Stephen a smith said donovan mitchell better than carl malone don't know the same person to agree with that but Stephen a smith make 12 million dollars a year so if that's all I got to do to get $12 million a year, anybody physically getting hurt, but I'm going to say some crazy shit to get paid. I think that's what we're living in. But, you know, you know, I was thinking, because I said that that was kind of dominated the chat yesterday. Um, and I was kind of, I had a lot going on, so I wasn't necessarily able to chime in. Yeah. But I, but what I was thinking about last night was that how are they any different than rappers? Or how do rappers um get the label of being able to say any and everything through i mean do they just write it off as entertainment or what but how are how 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 do they get that like i can say anything i want to say in music and answer that you can answer that question on your own you could literally answer that question who's who are the people that complain about rappers outside of black women that i think they're the only group of people that are justified but who else who else complains about rap music? White racist. Really? White ra white racist. Not even not all white people, because white people buy rap music just as much. Suburbs be spending their money on rap music. But the white racists are the only people, again, outside of black women, that complain about the culture that's posited by rap music. They slap that explicit lyric sticker on the top of stuff. They've bought NWA CDs and had demonstrations where they were crushing the CDs in the street. They have brought the lyrics up in front of Congress to try to make it a crime to say certain stuff in music. It's the same problem. And Dave is crassly, intentionally crassly, trying to show you like this is the new group that is attacking black people. Now, uh, somebody asked, uh, could what Dave said last night be considered an opinion? Uh, not when there's research done by members of the LGBTQ community and shared and publicized 
are validating what he's saying. He's saying that there is some racism inside of the LGBTQ community. The races inside that group are hiding inside the group and using the group as a reason to attack random individuals and not genuinely trying to move their agenda forward. And since the group and the black leaders inside the group have said that, then I guess we have to take what Dave said as anecdotal evidence of the research that's been put out. I got you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel you there. And as I said, I, it's, it's a, it's a, as I said, I, I, I listen to rap. I grew up off of rap. And so it's, it's really a tough conversation to have because as I said, I can name, you know, some songs that are in my top five that should not be, you know, that, <laughs> that should not be in my top five, but they are, yeah. as I said, you know, but it's like, it's, it's like you, you point out Stephen A. Smith, he makes comments on sports and it's like, Hey, he makes comment on sports. He makes 12 million. And I know like throughout the chat, you were like, let's just start saying crazy stuff and make a whole bunch of money. Like, that's, it's, that's... Almost like you wanna, it's almost like you want to start a group to do that. Like, that's, I mean, but it's I, like, I I'm, think, I'm... I, but, I, but I literally think that's what hip hop music is. And I think that since, since, like you say, you brought up a good point. A lot of times, if somebody sees whoever the opposition of is it, if 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 whoever opposes something, if we're opposed to that person, it's almost like we will defend it even more because it's like, oh, they don't like it. Oh man, yeah, we, we, that's we exactly what, even harder. That's what's that's what's happening. Even if it's sometimes to our own detriment. Yes, I um, agree. But it's like, oh, if they're not feeling it, if they don't like it, that means we're doing something right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, as I said, in, and, I, and I struggle with this. One, I, I, I'm, as a DJ, I'm getting ready for, I, getting ready for an event, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, all right, I, this is, the, this is the, the, the crowd that I'll be playing to. Um, I understand that even though this event is for this one particular person mm -hmm. it's going to be a lot of different people there people from different backgrounds people from different age groups mm -hmm. people of different cultures let me find music that can keep everybody happy mm -hmm. and it's becoming more and more of a struggle as time goes on uh to where it's like let me find like to where i don't know if my sensibilities have changed to where i'm like more cognizant of the things that were said in music to where it's like, um, or it's like, man, you know, yeah, I can listen to that by myself, but I don't want, you know, that's not something I want to play in front of everybody. Yeah. Um, like take the reaction to the WAP song. Who was mad? It wasn't a justifiable reason to be upset because if it was about God and Christianity and sexual responsibility and public health, if people just really cared about that all the time, then I would understand why people got upset at WAP. But the people that got upset at WAP were racist white people and black dudes that want to be racist white people. They were the only people that got mad. Yeah, but just because we just because people oppose the people that get mad that still doesn't make it a good idea though. i'm 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 with you 
but that's because you're thinking in terms of what like well your guiding principle on most things and since i've known you has been hey man this ain't good for the community or christianity for me and for you inside this conversation i agree because bible says sexual immorality is sinning against yourself not just because you're sleeping with people it's because all of the drama that comes with sleeping with random people it's better for you to sleep with your wife or your husband that's the biblical look on it that is also a lot of science behind that you know bible didn't the contraceptives didn't exist yet but it's not even referring to only contraceptives the drama that comes with sleeping with multiple people it's a lot of drama emotional stuff aside from the stds but when I saw the reaction to what those women put out in the WAP song, I was like, oh, y'all finna jump back into that Christianity family first crap. And then when it comes to taxes, you finna jump out of that. And then when it comes to uh, social safety nets, you finna jump out of the Christianity framework. Like y'all just jump in and out of different frameworks when it's convenient for you. And that's what Dave's saying. Y'all not, y'all don't actually care about true equality, true feminism. You don't because you keep jumping around at the time that's most convenient for you. And then you knocking people when you think you're supposed to be knocking people. And I don't want cancel culture to be. Well, I guess I shouldn't care because nobody else cares that much. I just think it's. It's lazy to say cancel culture is bad. Listen, I don't think cancel culture is bad. I just I just think that. Oh, I, I get what you mean. Get, the people that get canceled aren't the people who need to get canceled. And the people that that don't get canceled, it's like we, we should have been done with them. Like, we yeah, yeah. But that's <laughs> but that's a result of in the material in the in the real world. We still have to deal with R. Kelly and Bill Cosby's power and, and money. You know what I'm saying? Like Harvey Weinstein's power and money. We all know it's bad and we've all heard about how bad it was and said it was a bad thing, but because they're so powerful, which is a thing that transcends time, power, influence, it's hard to get rid of those people. You know what I'm saying? It just seems like we're getting rid of people now because of cancer culture. We, you know how long it took to get rid of R. Kelly? Like that video of him having sex with the inappropriate team yeah, circulated in 0302. Yeah. Like, we were outraged back then. We just, there was no way for us to like get mad and like say stuff about it where everybody yeah, could hear us. Chocolate Factory. Yeah, like, and then Chocolate Factory came, oh, well, you know, do, 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 do. You know what I mean? Like, we was, we knew, we thought it was wrong. It's just, there was no way to keep constant pressure on it because there was no social media yet. They had to lay it out over what, six, eight hours? That's that, how long it, the specials were like, it and was, they, they just had to get extremely great. They had to make you sick to your stomach before anything happened. Like, look how much work it took to cancel somebody in the real world. So, you know, like what Dave's saying, yeah, Twitter's not a real place. Nigga, if you do something bad enough, yes, it is a real place. Like, you know, but you, you know, Dave doesn't do, Dave hasn't committed a crime that we know of. Kevin Hart didn't commit a crime. If somebody was, you know, messed up and had enough to do some of the stuff that Def Comedy Jam stuff was saying, telling people to do back in the day. Then, then we need to say, "Hey, man, can y'all can y'all scale that back?" Because people getting murdered because they think these people aren't human. And that's 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 just where I'm at. Like, 
I wanted Stephen A to be canceled until I found out he was just doing all that because he wants to have a TV, a late night TV show. So I was like, oh, okay, makes sense now. Now I get why you're saying the stupidest sports takes you can come up with. And you're completely abandoning logic and numbers and stats and schematics. You're just saying stuff to get viewers because you want to be as polarizing as possible to get views. Hardcore sports people like will admit that Stephen A. Smith knows nothing about sports. I know, like they a lot of people like YouTube is growing, you know, these individual platforms because so many people want to just hear sports takes. They want to see play breakdown and schema and all, all that stuff that you have to do as a coach. Yeah. Stephen A is like, look, man, I'm trying to get this money. I got to say that if I got to say something super stupid, I'm going to say something super stupid to get paid. Yeah. And then when it, like he said, he wants to have his own late night talk show. I was like, oh, okay, I, I get it now. That's why he moved Max Kellerman off the show. Max being a sports take person. Super logical. Yes. Non-emotional. And I Steve, got facts. Yeah. I got numbers. And Stephen A was like, look, man. He's like, I got time for that. No, like, I'm trying to get this money. Like, Trump gave me the blueprint. I'm trying to get it. Fox News gave me the blueprint. I'm trying to get it. And yeah. uh, that's that's why they said that Stephen A and Skip were a perfect combination together because uh, both of them kind of came with those, oh, you say something crazy, I'm going to say something crazier. Mm-hmm. You say something, you know, you say something uh, like, like Skip Bayless holding on to LeBron's not <laughs> like not in the top echelon of basketball players. Like that's just yeah, but it's because it's 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 not a real debate. It's just entertainment. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. So, um, in that regard, that's why I keep asking you know y'all in the chat. I'm like y'all do do we even should we even care anymore? Because it's obvious that nobody really cares. They're just saying stuff to get certain groups to give them money like fox news does not care about news and i even say to all of them because the, that morning tv segment they be having them cats be real deal trying to do journalism like i watched them for like a week i was like oh these people are really trying to report facts and they had their fox and friends or who? i don't it's like the eight o'clock in the morning seven o'clock in the morning segment i guess that's fox and friends but then you got Tucker, each other yeah when I mean, you got tucker Carlson and all them cats they're just trying to get you to come click on it, get mad, and give them money. That's it. Like, it ain't even... They just... They say stuff that just don't line up with one day to the next. It's just to get paid. I'm, I'm going to say this, and then then I got to bounce. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I was watching... They, there's this series on HBO, and it's called, like... Uh, it's like modern... What is it called? But... Basically, it's like uh, it's like this documentary series that shows how people have scammed and and made money like modern day society, like mm-hmm. all within the last like five, 10 years. OK. Uh, and, and that's what they, they're, they're talking about. I was trying to pull it up. But basically, it's about the scams. And basically, this is one artist in Detroit who I didn't even know this was a thing. It's called scam rap. To where rappers talk about how to pull off scams in their music i'll I'll send you the show but Uh, well actually that's 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 technically please tell me they they named like megan the stallion cardi b to uh the city girls because technically they do talk about a lot of scam plays yeah but no this is like hey like this is how to pull a credit card fraud this is kind of how to pull 
like in blow by blow. Oh. And so they had this A&R guy in this, in this label like head and all they do is monitor who is trending on social media. Like that's, that's how they find talent. They say, all right, this cat is moving the needle on social media. We got to bring him in. And so they brought in a guy that was literally rapping about fraud. And they were like, the dude was rapping off beat. Nothing was rhyming. <laughs> but the fact that he was trending so high on social media, that's what made them like, but he, the guy was trying to make sense of, of the music. And he was like, dog, I don't care if he can't rap. I don't care if he's off beat. I don't care if nothing rhymes. He's trending on social media. And so this guy signed a $10 million record uh, deal because his, like the information that he was giving out of his music about scams was so popular that people resonated. <laughs> that's what gets rewarded nowadays. And, you, and it's, that's what I'm trying to, I guess I'm trying to, listen, man, the marketing game has changed. The new format is you get viewers and clicks, you get paid. Polarization. That's all it is. I don't even know if it, I don't even know if it's that pledge. I think it's just whatever you got to say to get people to come watch. Like, cause the scam thing isn't polarizing. You know what I mean? It's just like what you said before, if it bleed, it lead, we got to say yeah. something crazy to get people to come in and watch. Um, Stephen A stuff is, I guess you can call it polarizing, but like I take what he did on Kwame Brown all them years ago. That wasn't polarizing. It was just, let me say the craziest thing I can think of. It's That's, to, yeah. To win favor with Jordan. Yeah, because I need. Like, that's why a lot of people uh, jumped on the Kwame Brown uh, like dump train is because they were like, oh, Jordan don't like him? Yeah, because it you wanted to be like, in, you wanted to be in good standing like with somebody. The Forty rules of power. The enemy of your enemy is your, you know, yeah, your yeah. But yeah. man, we don't want to talk in circles on that. I ain't, I ain't go example after example, but yeah. I mean, y'all just I mean, y'all decide if y'all just want to get paid and be homo economicus, or y'all want to go back to this shared sense of community. If we're going back to this idea of community, then you have to believe in interdependence and you have to believe in responsibility with your words. But if you just out here like, man, effort, I'm just trying to get paid. Then, you know, keep doing your thing, player. Let me bounce, man. But enjoy being getting back uh, to it. And as I said, uh, you know, hopefully it become uh, more regular. But, All right, man. Um, enjoyed it. God bless. Peace. All right, man.